0: In Tampa, it's hot in Wisconsin, and by God, it's freaking hot in the studio because of the Milwaukee Brewers turning up the heat. Three wins in a row. They go to Tampa, take down the Rays at Tropicana Field. Brandon Woodruff, he's back, and young Ben Kenny in the studio. Good morning, Benjamin. Woo! Good morning. It is hot in the studio. It's it's like it's boiling in here. I
1: I can't confirm the weather in Tampa or in the sweat box at Tropicana Field. But if it's anything like it is here right now, uh, Brendan Woodruff's finger should
0: stay (laughs) pretty loose, I guess. I don't think that renown syndrome is going to flare up on him because it happens when it's cold. But it is a sweat box. Great description of not only the the Tropicana Field, but also this. I think it's hotter in this studio than it is at Tropicana Field or even Tampa right now. It's, it's sizzling, Benjamin. Is it because you're bringing the hot takes today in place of uh, one Anelli? Is that what it is? I mean, I
1: don't really have that many big takes. My One of my things going back a couple weeks is I was concerned about Woodruff. Yeah. So I was proven wrong. So if anything, it's a little bit of a public apology on this morning. Oh, hey, 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 hang on a second. On. I, was, I was spreading a lot of fear about Woodruff's return. And if he showed us anything last night, he's Brandon Woodruff, and he's okay.
0: We don't apologize on the show, Benjamin. Don't you apologize. know, you know this. We don't apologize. You can save that for uh, six to seven uh, on Thursdays, Kenny and Heilprin, or you could save it if Bill, you know, uh, the Bill Michael show. But we do not apologize on here. But yeah, I was thinking about that because Woody. I mean, ten strikeouts for Brandon Woodruff. He went five uh, innings. He only gave up what one earned run. Seventy-six pitches. Gregory Council was talking about how he was on a pitch count of seventy-five. Let him go that seventy-six. Thankfully, is. <laughs> <laughs> His arm didn't fall off, uh, but Ben uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, you were bitching about the strike zone at the Timber Rattlers, saying that it was going to be a you know a, a, maybe a bad thing for for uh, Brandon Woodruff. He was all he was dialing you last night. He was just crushing on the plate. I saw you tweet something out it. You're a Twitter account at Z. Kenny. What'd you think of Woody, man? He's looking good. I I mean, isn't it a good boost for the Brewers though on that arm in this you know kind of state of injuries with the crew? That
1: Timber Rattler strike zone was an abomination. <laughs> and I want to separate that from what he actually did. I the number you mentioned, which is the important one, is ten strikeouts. If he had come and and moseyed his way through five innings, giving up a Jason Alexander type stat line hey. six hits. Four walks, hey, uh, maybe one strikeout, two base runners, three base runners in inning. I wouldn't feel as confident as I do today. You look around the rotation and Burns has been your only constant really yeah. over the last month plus uh, Eric Lauer fallen off since a hot start obviously Jason Alexander and Chi Chi Gonzalez are what they are and <laughs> still the glass floors about to break, if you will, on both of I them. Think I Craig's think Craig's trying
0: to do it with the Jason Alexander last night, but we'll get to that a little later. He's trying to break his floor before the
1: floor really breaks. Yeah, He's
0: trying to break him before. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to break him down and send him somewhere back to triple a, but we'll get to that a little later. But yeah, on Woody, man, crazy good. It's, it feels nice.
1: Yeah. And I saw Kurt Hogg tweet this, and this is maybe more baseball nut stuff for myself but they were registering all of his sliders as cutters last night. I believe that's what it was. Pretty much I, some of his pitches were so filthy that the scorers didn't even know what to call them, <laughs> and they thought it was this new miraculous frisbee that he learned how to pitch. But he was really good. It I mean, awesome. I, you look back, really, I, that might have been the sharpest we've seen him all year. I think
0: so, because he was struggling a little bit before he went on the IL. No, I know he went with an ankle injury. Uh, what was that, late May? And before that, his – I mean, he was not doing – he was doing fine, you know, but he wasn't doing the greatest. Uh, what was the ERA? He was sitting around, like, uh, low fours when he went on the Mid fours, actually.
1: His FIP was a lot lower. He was showing a lot of signs, but then he just got beat in a lot of, you know, uh, high leverage spots, if you will, where stuff could go one way or the other. But, yeah, I mean, the bounce back is real. I'm not going to say yet, though, today, that he is completely back.
0: Okay, well – it's funny you say that because I actually have live audio, actual audio from Brandon Woodruff after the game. Do you want to hear it really quick? I would love to. People keep asking if I'm back. <laughs> and I haven't really had an answer. But then But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. That was actually Brandon not John Wick. That was Brandon Woodruff after the game last night. Interesting. Yeah. How, how'd you get that? <laughs> I just I have people everywhere, dude. I got I got I got guys everywhere in locker room sending me audio. It's crazy. Oh, I have an update really quick. Our engineer Trevor got, Say good morning to Trevor. Trevor, Trevor, good morning. morning. He just texted me and said he's on his way in. He's going to jiggle with the uh, air conditioning and get it going. My man. I asked Trevor, are you listening? Because, you know, text out of nowhere. Usually I text Trevor about problems. Uh, He never really texts me about stuff, but he said, I sure am, homie. So So. Trevor, we got a listener in Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. We love you. All right, so what are you saying, Brandon Woodruff? Live audio saying he's back?
1: I just I so there's a month between starts. May 27th was his last one before last night. I'm not going to come out like what he showed was very encouraging signs. I never really doubted whether he'd be Brandon Woodruff. Like we know he is still a stud. He's still a top of the rotation horse. I'm not going to come out and say projecting forward though, that he is completely 100% (laughs) back as the number two starter on this team. I can't do it. It's still, it's still an injury where the nature of it, it gives me pause. It makes me wait for four or five starts. Once I see five starts in a row, then I'll say he's good and he's back. But one start like this, something could flare up. I, I don't want to necessarily be the pessimist here. So,
0: I mean, it was the ankle, right? So the ankle, and he said it really only affected him when he was pitching, and that was a while ago, and then everything was going to be hunky-dory, and all of a sudden you get this renowned syndrome. So that's the thing that makes me a little nervous too because there's not, like, a cure for Renown syndrome. You can treat it, so you can treat the symptoms. And what he was talking about, he said he, he doesn't sure if his – you know, his, his middle finger on his right hand is uh, numb at times, and he's doesn't not sure when it's going to feel like his left hand, which is normal. This one, yeah, this,
2: this one right here, <laughs> Benjamin. This, this finger, this
0: finger right here. Oh, and it was uh, essentially like I, he's like I don't know if it will ever go back to normal, or six months from now, two weeks from now, whatever it is. He goes, but it only really affects when it's cold. We're in the dog days of summer, baby. I don't. Brandon Woodruff. I think he's going to be. Knock on wood. I think he's. He mowed down to five innings, 76 pitches, 51 strikes, and he had 10 strikeouts. It was beautiful. I I do this a lot, Ben, and I'm going to do it right now. I get my hopes up a lot. (laughs) So I'm going to get my hopes up on one Brandon Woodruff on being that uh, second spot uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. And something I wanted to get to today as well, um, and and I think you had mentioned something about a starting pitcher. Uh, You know, we're not even in the all-star break yet. Do the Brewers need more arms? Ben, were you talking about a potential starting pitcher, a trade? I've thought so for a while. I still think so.
1: I mean, let's look at last year for a second. They have the top three horses up there and healthy. Eric Lauer's okay, and Hauser is your fifth guy. But, yeah, they weren't able to hit against Atlanta. I guess my entire argument with all of this is they're not going to go anywhere if the offense isn't hot anyway. And what is adding a bat? Like, if you added a bat to last year's team, does that series go differently? I would argue no. No, it's just Robert, because it was
0: only Roddy Tellez hitting two home runs.
1: None of them could hit. Yeah. So there are a couple bats out there I would love the Brewers to go after. One of them is Josh Bell, the switch hitting first baseman in Washington. Then it costs a lot. But when I look at this team and where they can get really remarkably better, it's in the starting rotation. And that still is my thought, even with Woodruff coming back here. Because so, let's say you go into a playoff series. Burns is a horse. Woodruff is a horse. Freddy Peralta, I have no clue whether he's going to come back, what he's going to look like. That's the one injury that I'm leery of. Eric Lauer hasn't looked the same really in the last month, month and a half. I don't want Adrian Hauser starting a playoff game. You want Chi-Chi Gonzalez or Jason Alexander starting a playoff game? I mean, if you want to (laughs) give the game away, you're more than welcome. I don't want them to do that only for the, I don't want to hear national TV broadcast make Seinfeld references. Oh, like the jokes have happened. Can we it's stop a, it's
0: over? I made one last night. I thought it was kind of funny. Craig Council is trying to ruin the summer of of, of George or the summer of Jason. I should say.
1: I mean, I don't get the reference because I haven't you seen watch Seinfeld. It. So, do you have Netflix? I have Netflix. All the seasons are on there. I'm not going to do it.
0: What do you mean? It's one of the best, greatest shows ever made, Benjamin. Anyways, but you don't want you sick of the Seinfeld references. And if I were to see, to your point, a Jason Alexander get a nod in a playoff game, that's the white flag. That's like the human white flag right there in a playoff game. It's fine to give you a couple in the regular season when you need a little, something in a pinch, but you to tell me, what did you, you, you say about Jason Alexander? The glass floor, his glass floor,
1: yeah. is very close it, to breaking. It's
0: cracked everywhere. I mean, Council took a hammer to it last night and was pounding on it as he threw him out in relief. He's
1: tossing around 60-pound weights in a completely glass room with just a pure abyss sitting below him.
0: And the 60-pound weights he can't really manage either. He's more of like a 30-pound weight kind of guy. He's shaking.
1: And that pure abyss looks a lot like Trevor Kelly.
0: (laughs) Trevor Kelly. Uh, So we'll get into all that. And speaking of hitters, Ben... um, you know, I wanted to bring up uh, one Willie Adamas. So Willie Adamas, and we'll get into this, you know, coming up. But Willie Adamas got a lot of fanfare at Tropicana Field last night, and specifically because you know, coming from the Rays, they loved them. And they, uh, I wanted to bring up, just kind of fan etiquette in general when it comes to a player you used to have and is now gone somewhere else. <laughs> I'm sure I, I'm a very level-headed person to have that conversation. With. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Sometimes I need a level-headed guy in here. Alright, so six zero eight three two one sixty seven is the phone number. Uh, you had something? Yeah? Our
1: first segment cannot be finished without noting that Christian Yelich in the leadoff spot yet again uh, went two for five. And his average is now up to 250 on the season, OPS up to 716. You've been calling for leadoff. Now writing a seven game hitting streak and the numbers that we had talked about last week of he's been hitting 300 plus uh, on base above 400 since going to leadoff. It's only getting better.
0: Yeah, Ben, you had been calling for uh, leadoff Yelly for a year since last July. Yeah, so almost. A, I mean, you're a couple of days away from a year now for calling for leadoff Yelly. If only Craig Council would have listened to you earlier, we uh, maybe wouldn't have been bitching about you know Christian Yelich so much. But yeah, it's nice to see Yelly uh, finally you know pulling a little weight here. I know it's leadoff, but still, it's nice. You know, Willie Adamas getting it done. Andrew McCutchen uh, with the two run shot. And as a Philly guy that you are, Ben, I know Kutch, What was uh, what was the time for Kutch for you? Well, uh, in the with the Phillies, how was it? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, right. I like Andrew McCutcheon. Like, fine. I like Andrew McCutcheon with the Brewers. He's getting hot again. Uh, you know, batting. he was a really good
1: player. He was a solid player in 2019, but then he tore his ACL because Gene Segura didn't run to first base. So after that ACL injury, he was a little bit different. The speed wasn't there. And then it, it took him a little long to come back. So. I, it was okay. He's a nice player.
0: I but mean, he's just a good veteran. Moments, you know? yeah. Yeah, good moments. Like last night, a two run shot. He got things going in the sixth inning for the Brewers. Uh, after that, Luis Urias would then would hit a two run shot. I mean, Urias has been really nice. Three RBIs last night. Cutch with the two. You know, Willie Adamas, you know, being the. Uh, I have to see it. For me, Willie Adamas is the face of the Milwaukee Brewers. And you go and look at one Christian Yelich, and we'll get into all star voting later today. But you look at all star voting, yelich has got the most votes. Uh, Yelly gets paid as to be the franchise guy. Hell, he's dh and last night as a leadoff. To me, Willie Adamas, though, is the, is the stick that stirs the drink of the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm. Uh, so we'll get into all of that as well. But it's just nice to see the Brewers. And there's this, here's a little nugget for you, too, Benjamin. Uh, the Brewers were just now the second team to come into Tampa in the last two years in interleague play and get a win against the Rays. Wow. I know interleague doesn't happen as much as as much as much it should. But, yes, the Brewers are the second team to come into Tampa the last two years in interleague play to get a win against the Rays. I think Josh Hader, I'm sorry, I think Craig Council uh, really wanted Josh Hader to pick up another save. Uh, Brandon Woodruff came back, was electric, 76 pitches, five innings, 10 strikeouts, was great. I didn't understand putting Jason Alexander in there. I also didn't get it. Like, I saw him,
3: you know, they had uh, Williams warming up, and then they get that extra run. And then all of a sudden you see Jason Alexander stand up. I'm like, nope. Yeah, so no, 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 no. So here's no, what no. happened.
0: Woody went out and pitched a hell of a game. Then Trevor Gott came in. And then Brad Boxberger came in. And then it's the eighth inning and you think you'd see Devin Williams. Well, or maybe, the, or maybe the, you just go longer with Brad Boxberger.
3: Right. But also in that situation, uh, yeah, I don't know why you didn't just stick with Williams. because I mean, You just came off an off day. You right. rested. And, and you, you're on the road. You go I for get the win. Because, like somebody is going to call in and say it's not a safe situation. Well, he's not the closer. Yeah. Like, to to keep them at bay, you put so in the guy, your normal eighth inning guy. It's a low leverage
0: situation, right, Benjamin? <laughs> yeah. And I, you had tweeted out about, well, what about Jason Alexander coming in, a high leverage guy coming in for low leverage? Grant Bills tweeted this, <laughs> and it is said
1: as a joke, but there is some truth there. He said, not surprising that an elite starter like Jason Alexander is struggling a bit when moved to a relief role. I think even more important, it's really hard to put a high leverage killer into pitch, (laughs) low leverage situations. Very true. If you put Josh Hader into a 10 nothing game, he's probably not going to be as effective. (laughs) Can say the same thing about Alexander. And is it, isn't Brent Suter's job on the team to be the guy that comes in and gives up runs out of the bullpen? Yes,
3: that's. He seems already like his has role, that covered.
1: So what why didn't they just let him do it? He's well, good at
3: it. Most of them are inherited runners, though. So that's true. That those wouldn't have been somebody else's to keep his own ERA low.
0: So, RJ's <laughs> right. Devin Williams is warming up. But all of a sudden, Jason Alexander trots out there. This is a guy that's been a, a spot starter in a pinch because of the injuries for the Brewers rotation. Not the... I believe in him, but let's be honest yeah. with ourselves. He's not the greatest of pitchers. There's a reason why you never really heard of the guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he trots out there in a 5-1 to one game. Immediately gives up, you know, starts walking guys and gives up two runs. Yep. You're like, what the hell? Where's Devin Williams? Took a, that, took a ball off the top of the knee. Yeah, then Devin Williams comes in to save it, to save the day. And then Hayter comes in for his 23rd save of the season. Yeah. Either counsel, like, he did say after the game. I'll we'll get the comments from him a little later. What was the run line yesterday? Oh, I don't know what it was. The odds on the
3: game? <laughs> well... I'm not sure. Well, like the run line, probably one and a half, because every baseball game yeah, is yeah, one I'm sure and a was, half. I'm sure it's one and a half. So still got the cover, but probably was trying to, like, get it to within one. I just, I was like, I, I'm get, I'm going to go ahead and say, <laughs> Craig, Craig, bet on baseball.
0: Yeah, I was like, why is Jason <laughs> Alexander coming in? After the game, he did say, uh, Jason Alexander, it was his day to be the starting pitcher, but Woody is back. Yeah. So he threw him out in relief to see what would happen and, wasn't the greatest. Like who's starting today? But then Devin Williams came in, boys, and Lauer. got it done. Lauer yeah. starting today. Put in Alexander instead of Lauer today. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really understand it because you just came off of an off day and you're just fresh. Put Lauer go against for the, the division team. Yeah. Well, anyways, Josh Hader picked up his 23rd save because of it. So there you go, Josh Hader getting it done. Let's go to the phones. Z in the D. Is that you? What up, Z? <laughs> What up? What up? What up? So, what up? What up? What up? What's up? What's up? So, but do you know what that is?
1: I think so. What?
0: <laughs> do you know what dilly dilly? No. You guys remember? D- dilly, do you remember Dilly Dilly? Dilly 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 dilly, dilly, oh. dilly was like two years ago. Oh yeah, of course. But Budweiser was.
3: Wazza!
1: Oh, I thought Dilly Dilly was a larger cultural reference. Fun from light. back when I was young. Oh, well, I remember what dilly, that dilly. is because they had the Philly Philly when <laughs> the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl. Obviously,
3: they did. Anyway, see. <laughs> so,
2: Benito, I have to go against you in two things. One, I I get what you're saying with the Freddie Freeman thing, but. The reason, Another reason why Freddie Freeman left, and then he kind of taken it back. He wasn't liking the younger players like Ozuna, Acuna. Uh, I don't know anything about the pitchers or his affiliation with Austin Riley, but he doesn't like their style of play. It kind of rubs off on him in the wrong way. Cause I can I understand the
1: Ozuna thing because, you know, he's a domestic abuser and probably shouldn't be playing baseball. Mm. Acuna, well, how do you not love playing with Acuna? I don't remember reading that
2: he's too flashy. He's just like his antics.
1: Huh? I mean, I, I disagree it's, with Freddie. If he thinks that way, I never read that that was a thing.
2: I think it is a little bit of a thing. I'm just saying he's just too flashy for it. Freddie is that guy that plays the game by the books. Don't walk across the mound whenever you fly out or whatever that stuff, or don't be, be like throwing up signs or going crazy. I mean, he's, Kind of he size? probably puts Gage on sense? a face. He probably puts on a face to show that he does like him, but I bet you in the background he doesn't really care for it. So, you, um, are you thirding
0: a Freddie Freeman D bag of the week candidacy?
2: I'm thirding it. Right. Sorry, and then no, 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 we don't apologize. Yeah, don't apologize. Oh, nope. my bad. I just woke up about 40 minutes ago, so and I you just apologize again.
3: You don't you just don't stop apologize. it?
2: Don't <laughs>
3: don't apologize.
2: I can't stop. <laughs> I can't
3: stop. I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> and then uh, I would say, actually, as far as the fifth master goes, I would go the waste management is actually
0: dude. The, the waste management rules—that's as close as you'll get to Happy Gilmore. That's as close as yeah, you'll exactly. get to the live. Did you see them just throwing all the beer cans? Uh, like, yeah, last year there's littering everywhere.
1: Yeah, the boys took their shirts off on right the 16th. Red Thunder was pissy. Z, <laughs> exactly. I bring up the fifth major as a as a joke because of how horrible the John Deere Classic is as a tournament. There's no one good playing except for Nick Hardy, who's going to win.
2: Part of,
0: the, part of the Hardy Boys, by the way.
2: Ooh, I love me some Hardy Boys. So, but okay, I didn't. Then it's kind of hard to pick up on sarcasm, mm. on the radio. Oh, well, yeah, you just so. woke
0: up 40 minutes ago. I know it's tough. Yeah.
2: I woke up and chose violence today.
0: Yeah, everybody
1: knows the fifth major is the MFAM championship.
0: <laughs> that one's not <laughs> even
1: a, on the table.
2: How can I this one if it's a senior tour?
1: <laughs> That's a good question.
0: And okay. after the AmFam, you know where the real party's at afterwards is Hooters with John Daly.
2: Oh, yeah. Get down to Hooters. Get, in, get, in get down to Hooters. Anything
0: else Z, on your mind, brother?
2: Uh, not much. I got a long day going down to Dubuque, Iowa for work and back. Dubuque? So.
0: You better go put some bets in at the uh, sports book then.
2: I, I'm i thinking about it. Uh, let's see what odds I can get.
0: Ben just gave you some on the razor's edge,
2: right? I know. I'm going to probably have to drop some on new... Fan art for Ben for the Razor's Edge. So, hey, we love you, buddy. With. Love you too,
0: guys. Bye, bye. See you, Z. See you, Z. And Z, uh, I know you're still listening. Turn your radio up a little bit. This one's for you, buddy. Hello. Hey, who? What's up? Nothing, B. Just watching the game, having a bud. So, but you? Nothing.
3: Watching game, having a bud.
2: True. True.
3: What's up? <laughs> What's up? Yo, who's that? Yo, you're picking the phone. Hello? Who's that? Yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. Man, that's, a, that's a throwback commercial for you. All right, 608-321-1670, Twitter, uh, Zone Madison. Mine's Ebo says, Ben's Ben Z, Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y. We've got RJ over here, Brock Talk 84. Uh, big congratulations. I saw, uh, let's see, nine hours ago, Brevin Pritzel tweets out, the best day of my entire life. He got married over the weekend, and I did not know this about Brevin Prizel. The dude is rocking a mean, and he puts Aaron Rodgers hair possibly to shame. Ponytail? Did you guys see this? No. No. Look at the look Pritzel at the pony, Yeah. Look at the no, ponytail at on Brevin Prizel. Yeah. Well done. Uh, I would
3: not have been allowed back in his
0: day. All right. I want. I want to get to um, what happened last night at Tropicana Field when it comes to one Willie Adamas. Uh, but before that, we do have a message here. A soul surfer on Twitch.tv. Uh, Speaking of Super Bowl, a quick reset. Ben, you're getting a little love on the Twitch stream here. Ben, are you or are you not the horse crap eating super fan of the (laughs) Eagles? The two of you have not been at the same time together, albeit uh, geographically it's impossible, but still I'm wondering. I can either confirm nor deny.
1: I mean, I was in the area when said events happened. I can't really say if it was me or not.
0: All right so you know we're in the doldrums of sports right now I wanted to bring this topic up a little later when it comes to uh you know just it's just an overall broad stroke topic to eating crap no nah, well, <laughs> as a, as a Wisconsin sports fans uh, we do eat a lot of crap uh, proverbial spe- uh, you know metaphorically speaking and it's because I feel like there's times where I feel like our teams are cursed. And, Ben, we just brought up the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I was perusing Twitter, which I do every day. But I saw a very interesting article. And it was after you know Bryce Harper had went down, unfortunately not to bring him any bad memories. And then it was along the lines of uh, why Philadelphia, why the Phillies can never stay hot and win the big game. And I was wondering if uh, you felt the same way I do about my sports teams. Is that like the Packers in the NFC Championship game against the Seattle Seahawks? They had a ninety nine point eight percent chance of winning. Hmm. You know what happened? They lost. They lost to a trip to go to the Super Bowl. Brevin uh, Pritzel, uh, Wisconsin basketball. I know he wasn't on, you know, there, but Duke in the championship game. Winner, that's not
1: a curse. Justice and Winslow
0: touched it. Justin Winslow did touch it. It's that's not the,
1: a curse. That's called going up against a head coach that can buy the referees.
0: That's a curse. Well, I mean, it goes part of the nut c- continuum that I have. Uh, so, so start thinking of times, Ben. I know you're, when it comes to our football teams, you're the most recent of a Super Bowl win. Uh, last time the Packers did, just 2010-2011. I thought a dynasty was going to be upon us uh, after that first Super Bowl win with Aaron Rodgers. So start thinking of times where you're like, are we truly cursed or is it just that hard? uh to win a championship. So start thinking of that boys. But first line one, good morning. Who's this?
3: I got kicked out of Diamond Joe's.
0: Yep. Oh no you just man, got kicked well, off yeah. of the oh, radio. Man. All right. Here, the Phillies can never stay hot. And here's why. And then it goes on to this long article about, you know, Bryce Harper going down with injury. You know, Joe Girardi got fired and you guys went on that huge crazy tear. And all of a sudden now you're looking at like I mean losing Bryce Harper's huge. That it's tough. You look at the Brewers. They're a team that gets into the playoffs a lot recently. As of Even late. with a losing record. Even even with a losing record in 2020. But then they come up to do some buzzsaw, and whenever the Brewers lose in the playoffs, 100% of the time, the team they lose to goes to the World Series. And 75% of the time, they win the World Series, whoever yeah. the Brewers lose to. So I'm looking at our teams here collectively and you know this goes for Wisconsin all around and Ben Philadelphia as well. Uh, do are our teams cursed or is it really just that hard to you know get to the mountaintop and plant your flag and win? Well, I'll talk about
1: the Phillies and the Brewers for a second. The Phillies are just they are they've been losing for years and years and years mostly because <laughs> of organizational organizational ineptitude is the most fair way to put it. They can't draft good players. They can't develop good players. They've had a turnstile at manager. Even when they get one of the best players in baseball in the building, they have really fatal flaws that allow the team to then fall apart all the time, namely the bullpen. So did this start in 2009? Uh, This started in 2011, actually, when Ryan Howard tore his Achilles on the last play of the season against the Cardinals Mm -hmm. in a game that if the wind had not been blowing 30 miles in from right field, (laughs) they probably would have won. There were three balls hit to the warning track. And the idiots on TV and the idiots manning the cameras made it look like they were all going out of the park. Anyway, <laughs> those uh, idiots. The the Brewers. I, I I think you can say something similar. The, the reason uh, I, I don't think the Brewers is organizational though. Well, to a degree
0: it is, but I think it's a victim of just small market. No, there's no organizational because they uh, do their best to get the Brewers to the playoffs.
1: They do a terrific job, but they're not losing in the playoffs because they are cursed. They are losing in the playoffs because they just don't have enough talent, they're right? Not, they're Look, the last year. a victim
0: of their payroll.
1: Yeah. yeah, kind of. But even so, I would say the payroll isn't used best at times. The one time they did make a deep run, it was when their two big ticket hitters, Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich, were hitting the baseball. Yeah. Now that Lorenzo Kane is no longer with the team, I was going to say no longer with us, and that would have made him sound dead. He's not dead.
0: He's just DFA'd.
1: No longer with the He's not the team. DOA,
0: he's DFA'd. Anybody pick him up yet? I no, so.
1: <laughs> then Yelich obviously has not been that same MVP player. The reason they are losing is because they are mostly offensively inept and they also get cold at the wrong time. So, I, I mean, it's tough.
0: So I'm looking at here. I saw this on CBS Sports that teams with Super Bowl wins in the last 10 years, the Rams, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Eagles, Broncos, Seahawks, Giants, Ravens. Last 20 years, Packers, Saints, Steelers, Colts. Last 30 years. Now, how'd you like this? Cowboys, Niners. The Dallas Cowboys Commanders. have not
1: made an NFC Championship game in my
0: lifetime. So that's what I, like, you think we got a bad as Packer fans? Like, you get to the pinnacle and all of a sudden you're in an NFC Championship game or you think maybe you'll beat the Niners at Lambeau Field and then you're left with a on your face and wondering, how can we have back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks and only two Super Bowls to show for it? Look at the freaking America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. The, when were they last, like, good, good? The
1: mid-90s? The mid-90s, they won those Super Bowls, and then Barry Switzer takes over. He wins another with the players from Jimmy Johnson. And then as the years went on, it was clear Switzer was not the right guy. The players start leaving. The culture starts to suck. Switzer gets fired. And they've been uh, pretty much drastically overrated since.
0: Yeah, the last 40 years for a Super Bowl win, the Chicago Bears and the Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders. The last 50 years, the Miami Dolphins. The last sixty years, the New York Jets, Broadway Joe, right? Broadway
4: Joe.
2: You're I wanna here. kiss I wanna kiss you, Susie. Thanks,
0: and then Joe? And then never? How'd you like to be these teams? The Bungles, the Panthers, the Texans, the you know, the Jags, the Vikings, Lions, Browns, Chargers, Falcons, Cardinals, Titans, Bills. now the Lions
3: had won <clears throat> world championships before uh the Super Bowl era. They were then cursed by their former quarterback. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, when it comes to being cursed, what would you guys rather be in this sense? The Green Bay Packers, who yeah, in the last twenty years you do have a Super Bowl win there. You're uh, in NFC Championship games, you, you lose horribly. Like I don't know, to the Buccaneers at Lambeau, which is terrible. Or how'd you like to be this? The Buffalo Bills, who go to four straight. straight Super Bowls and not win a single one. Ooh, what would was, you rather? What chance. which wor- which is worse? Getting to the NFC Championship game or actually getting to the dance itself, the Super Bowl, and then losing four in a row? That's like comparing Jason Alexander to Chi-Chi Gonzalez. (laughs) I mean, they're they're
1: both pretty horrid, and as time goes on, it's only going to get worse. Do you
0: hang your hat on the fact that you made four straight Super Bowls? Is that something you can hang your hat on? Yeah. I mean, you lost, though. You're four straight AFC championships. Would you though. rather be there and lose or not get there and never have the pain of losing the Super Bowl?
1: Oh, I'd rather be there and lose. Yeah. I would rather you think so? I would rather face that heartbreak in yeah. the big game than face it Man. every year in the NFC Championship.
0: Four years in a row, though,
3: I would, losing the Super Bowl? I would rather not play the season, and then I don't have to worry <laughs> about it.
0: I'll just sit this one out, guys.
1: Uh, Aaron Rodgers might agree.
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, he's back at least for one year. Yeah, Brewers win last night. Brandon Woodruff, 10 strikeouts in five innings, 76 pitches. Council wanted 75. He went 76. I'm happy to report his arm did not fall off.
1: Happy to report that had he had a no-hitter through those five innings, he still
0: would have been taken out. And I would have just, we would have had a hell of a show today, man. I would have loved for that to happen. But we have a hell of a show right now, a hell of a guest. One of my favorites, no, my favorite of all time. Sorry, Ben. One, Zach Heilpern, our sports director. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. How are we doing today, brother? fantastic oh is it because Woody went out and 10 strikeouts five innings brewers get a win five to three baby how's it feel zach yeah uh,
4: yeah i was gonna say that that was the reason why i was feeling fantastic but i'm actually on my way into the office right now and so i get to see you which makes it a fantastic
0: <laughs> wait are you gonna do that thing where you're on the phone and all of a sudden you come to the studio and we do the other half in studio
4: <laughs> i i uh, started a little bit late uh to make that happen uh, today and I took your advice. I didn't even take your advice. I tried the other way around uh, as opposed to getting on the belt line. Oh, because of the
0: street. yeah, because of the traffic. I yeah. went
4: around the lake. Yeah, I went around the lake. It, it was not a better choice.
1: So be careful, Zach. In the parking lot right now, it appears a pickup truck has taken out one of the guest parking signs and is currently stuck, uh, impaled into something. What? Sanches. It's what? Yeah, just, that's what RJ was failed? pointing
0: out. Oh, I got to go look at break then.
1: Yeah, it, it it looks elevated up top. I think it is stuck on one of the, one of the parking things. I don't know what these things are called. Anyway.
4: So like the concrete slabs that... Yes, yeah. precisely. That are ...in front of the parking spots. A parking
1: wedge, if you will.
4: Zach,
0: be honest. The reason why you're not in studio right now is because you were actually in that truck stuck and you didn't want to admit it that be hilarious. <laughs> I don't think you'd be calling in, though. Or right, I'd be calling you and you'd be picking up. All right, Zach, Ben said something. So, all right, real, real quick before we get into what Ben had said. Uh, we got Kenny and Heilprin coming up Thursday. It's a podcast edition, though, because the Brewers are in Pittsburgh. Well, it's friggin' Thursday, man. So you usually, you know, whatever. They're in Pittsburgh, but we're going to get a podcast edition. But before that, uh, tell us what had just uh, unmerged, uh, you, what, a couple days ago? A new episode of The Camp? Tell us a little more. What, what would you guys talk about on The Camp so people can go check it out?
4: Well, we're actually doing, I mean, published the third episode of our series, our position preview series mm. yesterday. Mm. And, uh, but it's got a little bit of a twist this year. Uh, you know, there's not a ton to talk about football wise at this point. So yeah. um, I instead am just inviting everybody on that has, uh, that covers the team closely, that is at practices, that go to all the games, talk to these guys and getting their best stories on how they ended up here in Madison, like uh, Jacob Growski, Colton Bartholomew. going to be talking with Jesse Temple today, Ooh. who's my normal co-host, yes. and, and talking about uh, his rise to being the best writer on the beat. And the and, best hair. Um, and easily the best hair, but also the best writer. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's been fun. I mean, like, it ends up, like, I end up, I meant to do those, like, 20, 25 minutes. They end up being, like, 40 minutes of conversation, and then we get into... Then we get into pre- uh preview of a position each day. So I love it. Um, dude. They they have been fun. if you want if you're interested in learning more about people that cover your team. That's that's for you if not, you don't have to be.
2: And now,
4: you just skip and you get to skip ahead to the to the last 15 or 20 minutes or so where we talk about uh each position.
0: Now, question for you, Zach. Uh I would love now I know a little bit of your story, but you know, for some of the fans out there, do you want me to guest host the camp and interview you on your story of how you came to be?
4: See, and that's the other thing. I get to like my experience has come out as well. Oh. there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot. I, I don't want to. Host, I don't want you to host the camera. Yeah, because no. last
0: time I did that, uh, you couldn't even air it because I would have got the University of Wisconsin in trouble.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there were some cuts that needed to be made. I think that was more Bernie's fault. Than I think your of, fault, of a forty minute
0: interview I did with Bernstein. I think you cut off like thirty minutes of it because of infractions for the UW, if I remember correctly. Yes,
4: yeah, so it, it was. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you doing it. I appreciate you doing it. But yeah, I, I don't think. Uh, I just I gave
0: Bernie. I just gave Matt Bernstein a couple of Coors Light, aka the Truth Serum, and a lot of stuff came yeah.
4: out. Okay, it's like I'm
0: not apologizing. It was great. It was great, but I guess Bernie, you and I and Bernie will only know what was said.
4: We do. It was <laughs> the lost tapes. The lost tapes of, of the camp. Uh, its first season. Uh, yeah. But so like my. So like my. Uh, when when we, it's like more of a conversation than it is just, you know, uh, them okay. answering questions. Yeah. Back and forth. All right, well, Zach, so, so,
0: yeah, sorry, finish. No, nope,
4: that's all
0: I was going to say. Okay, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, our sports director, Zach Halpern, joining us right now. All right, so, uh, Ben Kenyon mentioned something. And I know from a previous uh, episode of Kenny and Halpern, I heard there was, uh, <laughs> there was some buckshot at a couple coaches around uh, the Big Ten. Uh, one being a guy who, you know, has the same hairstyle as you, maybe a little more tanner, uh, <laughs> you know, had a little Botox or something with PJ Fleck. Uh, but, Ben, you said what about. Minnesota? I said, say
1: what you want about him as a person, but I don't think he's that bad of a coach.
0: Oh, Zach, looking at Minnesota this coming year, Ben also tweeted out last night uh, a lot of strays being shot towards the Big Ten West on the Twittersphere. Uh, Disappointing. It might be the most interesting division in college football, the Big Ten uh, West, that is. So he's saying the Big Ten West, one of the most interesting divisions in college football this season. And P.J. Fleck and Minnesota, you predicting to have a good season this year, Ben? Yes. Thank what would you say to young much. Ben? I don't want to steal any thunder of a uh, and Heilpren, but what would you say about the the state of Minnesota right now compared to like Wisconsin football in the Big Ten West?
4: Well, Ben, unless he's changed his mind, I don't think he's saying Minnesota's going to be better than Wisconsin, right?
0: No, but I think they will
1: be a very uh, significant challenger in the Big Ten West this year.
4: Yeah, okay. Uh, I I mean, I certainly, I guess I can't disagree with that. They've beaten Wisconsin twice in the last four years, so they've at least... Made some crowd up in that respect. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Uh, one of his former players went off on him yesterday.
0: I got the tweet right here. Do you want me to read it? Sure. Are you talking about Val Martin? Yeah. Uh, quote, I'm not going to lie. The worst thing I probably ever did was go to the University of Minnesota. Fleck is a hell of a car salesman. It's crazy <laughs> because when I go places, people ask me, well, how was Fleck? And I just say, he's different. And they laugh and say, we heard so many stories about him. And then he proceeded to go on about how he's just kind of a not a savory guy.
4: So if, if that guy wasn't real, like that, you could make if that guy, that guy wasn't real, real, you could make an argument that that was my burner. <laughs> um, <but laughs> he's, he said a lot of the same things I think about PJ Flack.
0: All right. So Val, oh. Val Martin also said he let somebody punch me in the face mid practice and told me if I retaliated, he would take my scholarship and send me home. Mind you, this same dude that punched me was the guy who quote wasn't ready to play. He then wore a shirt with dude face on it to the team meeting a week later. Crying emojis.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, that's that sums up my thoughts on T.J. Fleck. Minnesota as a team. Minnesota as a team. They uh, are what they've always been. They've, and, and Ben, you might be right. They may sneak up and. and uh, be a much better team this year. I, I, I don't know that, but they are no different now than they were under Glenn Mason for a really long stretch. I mean, go look at the records that he had to start the year. He had a double digit win season early in his tenure too. And they're just, that's just who Minnesota is. They're never going to break through. They're never going to be a powerhouse. They may be, they may challenge Wisconsin, but they're never going to be a powerhouse. And PJ Flex is not going to be there. He's not finishing his career. there. It's just, there's no chance. Um, you know, I, I it's just not going to happen. So, uh, Take away all the stuff with the bungee cord, hitting in the face, and all that BS. Uh, what Val said, I can—I totally believe. Like, and I—I'm not saying it's true, but I totally believe it.
1: I actually missed that entirely until I came in this morning. It is entertaining to follow. Well, we're, a,
4: we're a highway of information so, well, here, Ben. We are. I, I mean, I—I I, I saw it last night, and then someone tagged me this morning um, <laughs> with it. So they
1: yeah. know the audience. So, Zach, I want to ask. So, the ACC has gotten rid of divisions. They've announced a new model that'll take place, I believe in 2023, the big 10, it seems to be is on that path. All of the comments I've read uh, up on the athletic and various articles are that they are going to look for other scheduling models that eliminates the division, then bettering the conferences chances at getting teams in the college football playoff With that, you know, and the ACC's move, a lot of strays have been shot towards the Big Ten West. People call it an easy division. People call it a joke. I argue it is actually probably the most interesting division in college football this year, and not nearly as bad as people think. What say you?
4: I think it's interesting to you because your favorite team is in it. I I honestly don't find it overly... I honestly don't find it overly... uh, entertaining whatsoever are
1: you talking about wisconsin or nebraska in terms of favorite team well, i
4: mean all your favorite teams are in there your favorite quarterback is in there in, in aoc cause just because you like saying the initials all the time and uh true you know well
0: right. hang on doesn't ben really love michigan state too aren't they in the, they're in the east so no i don't love michigan state. No, just,
1: i just like their recruiting department yeah. <laughs> recruiting Here's
4: yeah, he just loves the recruiting department and all seventeen assistants that we Leach now has in there. I uh, I well, I don't. Jokes. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't find it very interesting at all. Uh, there's there's no like. I mean, will Scott Frost keep his job? Like, is that is that entertaining for people? I mean, Nebraska is a joke. They've been a joke, and let, until they you know actually have a winning record and get to a bowl game under Scott Frost, I don't think they're even worth thinking about. But Ben does it all the time, anyway. And then you and then you have, I mean. it's Wisconsin's interesting simply because uh, it's the team that you root for, and also because they've been down the last few yeah. years. I know they won nine games last year, but it, it, the games that they won, you look at it, and you're like, "What's what's the marquee win?" Iowa. So right. can Wisconsin bounce back? Can Graham Mertz, you know, finally? I'm saying, step I'm so up sick of the Detroit top of a Graham
0: Mertz. You know, it's like it's, I know you
4: are, and that's why I brought it up. No, no, but I'm so, saying like,
0: what else is there? Like, you look at Wisconsin. Like, is the defense is still strong? Right.
4: Right, it, the line's still strong, 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 right? Well, I mean, we'll see. Has it never not last been
0: when there's question marks? Besides, maybe like one, one, one year where uh, they didn't right. want to fight for Hornibrook because the last, got you know, the last, last,
4: the last two seasons good, they haven't been good. The last two
0: seasons. Been. The running back room. I mean, Braylon Allen's a beast, is he not?
4: He is. So, like, I, I get, I get what you're saying regarding Grimworth. You just don't. You're tired of the conversation around him. But it's the only thing that really matters in terms of Wisconsin success. Yeah. And that's like, been like for like Wisconsin forever. Significant success, yeah. Right. I agree. Um, but like when you look back at twenty nineteen, you could point to a whole bunch of different things that they did well that year and Jack Cohen was good. They good still quarterback. lost four games. They still lost four games, but they had marquee wins and they were exciting to watch and they had it going on both sides. They don't they didn't have that and they haven't had that. You know, with Graham under center the last two years. So, is anything we ask, any questions we ask about Wisconsin on the offensive side, it doesn't really matter unless Graham's going to step up. Now, it's everybody together that has to do it. The offensive line has to protect better. Yeah. They have to run the ball better. They have to, they, right backs have to uh, produce. And then you have to have the wide receiver step up. But it all comes back to Graham. If he can't put the ball where it needs to be, it's just not going to matter. And Wisconsin's high-level success that everyone thought was possible with him just isn't going to happen.
1: Zach, maybe this is more big picture, but I've been thinking back because obviously this is a very seminal year in really the pro, like Paul Chris' tenure with the program, with all the guys he hired, new staff. First time, I believe, in nine, ten years that he will not have Joe Rudolph next to him on a coaching staff. Do you think... Going back to, I guess, his whole tenure, but especially 2020 since the struggles have kind of started, do you think there's anything Paul Chris looks back on and he regrets doing, whether it's a personnel decision, a coach's decision, or anything like that, aside from punting from the plus 35-yard line?
4: Are you trying to get me to say he regrets uh, not Holding on to Jack Cohn? No, to get yes, to I, I
1: think so. No, no, that actually isn't because <laughs> I, even I accepted at that point that it made sense for, like, I understood the situation from everyone's perspective and why Cohn transferred. I mean, more in terms yeah. of, like, the play calling and the coaching, pretty much what has led us to the point we are at today.
4: I don't, I, he's not much of a regrets guy, uh, at least publicly. And I don't think, uh, you know, you look at it, he knew changes needed to be made, but I don't think he would say, "Oh, I regret having Joe Rudolph as my, uh, you know, letting him call plays in 2020, or continuing to have him as my offensive." I guess wasn't the coordinator last year, but the the offensive line coach, and and I don't think he regrets that type of stuff. Um, I'm sure that there's regrets in play calls here and there, and decisions in that respect. But they've that's that's every coach. So I I I, I mean, is there something on your mind that? that You think he probably regrets? Because I, I can I give you guys some life advice. Can so no, I give you guys
0: some life advice? No, no, no regrets. I, well, besides that, but I think Paul Chris abides by this too. You can't drive a car by looking <laughs> in the rearview mirror. Oh, shut up! You, you can't drive a car by looking in the rearview mirror. Shut up, Brooks Kepka. <laughs> miss me with that? Um, no,
1: Zach. Th- there wasn't anything specific. I've just been thinking because obviously things have gone not great to get to this current point we're at today. I, I guess the things I could think back to are how the offense was handled, you know, through 2020 and 21. When Paul Isn't that Chris... always the
0: knock, though? Isn't that always the...
1: Well, kind of, but uh, Joe Rudolph was calling plays, and I know Chris says play calling is a, you know, collective effort. But in terms of maybe developing Graham Mertz and coaching him, I just wanted to get your perspective because I've just been thinking about what maybe could have been done differently, say, since the end of the 2019 season. I haven't had anything concrete come up, but just because there's been a lot of decisions and headlines made, and obviously, you know.
0: Well, uh, how about this? I'll ask you this, Zach, and and to piggyback off Ben a little bit here. Zach Halpern, a sports director, joining us right now. Uh, I was looking at com, and they have the strength of schedule for the Big Ten and Wisconsin – out of the 14, Wisconsin is 12th for strength of schedule. Easiest. It's very easy. So you look at this schedule and you look at what Ohio State on the road and Michigan State on the road. What, what can we expect Wisconsin then with this schedule? If you can, I'll, listen, I think it's going to be a loss against Ohio State, but in my heart says a win. Michigan State, if they win that game on the road in East Lansing, can we be expecting Wisconsin hopefully having no regrets throughout the season and play calls and getting to a Big Ten championship game this year with an easy schedule?
4: I'm shocked that that's 12. Maybe it's this the so was maybe, I. It's just, maybe it's just the fact that it's the Big ton West, and um, I don't know. But it was Zach. When it when was you Tom look...
1: Fornelli's piece, and he did he weighted it a lot without a conference games. So yeah,
4: Maryland's
0: number one, Ohio State two, oh. Rutgers three. Uh, you go all the way down. Wisconsin's 12, Michigan's 13, and Minnesota's oh. the, the easiest at oh. 14.
4: Yeah, but it's, I thought we were talking conference schedule. If you're talking overall schedule, yeah, I mean. Illinois State, Washington State. It's the battle uh, of the states
0: the first four weeks.
4: Right. So, I mean, if if you take that out of it, you just put the conference schedule up there, I think it's an extremely difficult schedule. It's a much more difficult schedule uh, this year than it was last year. And I think that was another disappointment because of some of the games that you I was Iowa's on the road, too. Iowa's on the road, Nebraska's on the road, Ben's team. <laughs> and then you have, obviously, um, Ohio State, Michigan State. Like, it's that is a really difficult schedule in my mind. Uh, I, I I picked up, me and Ben have gone back and forth on this, on, on Ben and Kenny, uh, Ben and Kenny. <laughs> ben, ben, it's it's Heilprin and Kenny. I mean, Kenny ben, and Heilprin. Ben, ben wishes it was Ben and Kenny. <laughs> um, but, Kenny yeah, and Stan so that
0: would be a good show. Yeah,
4: so he, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I think like eight and four, nine and three would be really, really well. If things don't go well, I could see seven and five. Mm. or something maybe worse because that it's the the road games really stand out and there's no marquee home games i mean minnesota maybe at the end of the year but other than that like when I mean, minnesota's your biggest game and the, that's a, that's a really rough rough home Oof. schedule
0: Oof. all right well okay by the way real quick i was thinking of a show called ben and kenny would that just be ben having a point and then his alter ego kenny with the counterpoint would people listen to that would you listen to that Zach? I would not, uh, but <laughs> I don't blame him though. I wouldn't expect him to want to listen to that.
4: I think that can, yeah, that's an idea that could it, work.
0: Ben and Kenny. It, when it, we're all on it, vacation, it, and Ben just left, there'll be Ben and Kenny.
4: Yeah, and it'll be like uh, you'll get tears every every show. to will like the, the t- different tier rankings, right? Oh, uh, um, here we go. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Love the tears.
0: Uh T yeah, not 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 crying tears.
4: Tears. Well love but love those two.
1: The uh, doesn't support his co workers work tier.
4: <laughs>
0: Zach Heilprin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so,
4: I'm the most supportive of your work Ben. Uh
0: you Zach, are. we love you. Uh good luck with getting your car off of that concrete uh you know
4: whatever, whatever it whatever the hell it it's is. No longer, it's no longer it's no longer out there. So um, it's all good. Are you here now? Yeah, I just pulled in.
0: <laughs> I was trying to kill more time to get you in, but here we are. All right, Zach, we love you, buddy. All Thanks right. for joining us talking Wisconsin Sports. I got see buddy. There he is. Flying by. These three hours I have flown by. My God. Just like
1: Brooke, Brooks Kepka's golf career. All right, so, uh, just, just flying by in the rear view. It's
0: funny because when we were talking to Zach Heilpren at <laughs> 8 o'clock, uh, we were talking about, or you would ask Zach uh, questions like, do you think Paul Chris regrets anything? It's so funny because I did not realize that I was quoting one Brooks Kepka. Directly, word but, for word. But now that I, uh, the press conference... That he uh, had, what, what was it during the what, US the, Open? Yeah, the US Open. Two weeks ago. Brooks Kepka was up on the US Open. This was before the news broke that he was going to the LIV. That he had said, you know, people kept asking him about you know, LIV. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about this. And he said, you, I mean, essentially, he said what I said, but the, it, it seeped into my subconscious. What was it? You don't live life by, you don't drive a car by looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Kepka seeped into my subconscious until after you made the reaction that you did when I said it. You said, don't Kepka me like that. That's mm. hilarious. Yeah. I think it's a wrong. great analogy, though, from Brooks Kepka.
1: It's a good analogy. I think the application of it was wrong and <laughs> didn't really apply because they're also looking forward to a week like this, but... So I want to get into uh, that is what it is.
0: some all-star voting in a bit. But first, I did say I wanted to talk about a little bit of golf here. So I, I've always been a casual golf fan. Like, love Tiger Woods. And I would never really cared for Phil Mickelson because I was such a Woods guy. But Lefty definitely grew on me as time went on. I did not want to pay my taxes either. So, hmm. you know, yeah, I also know that Gamble, not as... At losing as of a level like uh, Lefty did. How m- What was his gambling losses like? Forty million. Dude, oh my god. Upwards of. Yeah, mine was more like forty dollars. I mean, he was also in business
1: with guys that have since been arrested for large-scale insider trading, yeah. uh, tax evasion, those things. But and- I,
0: I, listen, I identify. I don't want to pay my taxes either. They just waste our money. I feel you on that one, Lefty. But <clears throat> you know, like the casual stories here and there. I always loved how Ricky Fowler dressed. You know, I'm like a, a very casual fan. But Ricky to the live, by the way, it's going to happen in the next month. Oh, he's going to afford more of those gaudy clothes. Well, he's kind of calmed down in the gaudiness, but once he gets more money, sure. oh, he
1: has calmed down significantly, and so is his golf game.
0: But once he gets that that Saudi money, then all of a sudden you are going to maybe he'll be like golden encrusted polo shirts or something. I don't but know. it's
1: good because when you play there, you don't actually have to play well.
0: So. As a casual golf fan, I have never been more intrigued and more interested in golf until this live league came out of nowhere. uh You definitely inspired me more to stir the pot on it because <laughs> you're you're anti live and you know hardcore p g a for me, I just love the dramatics of it all. I love the drama, and i didn't think big time names would be start going over the live so fast and furious like they are uh but Brooks Kepka, you know the latest b- big name right to to go over, and he was saying uh what was he I know I wanted to talk about this, but he was saying like essentially like he wasn't gonna be in the live, he didn't want to talk about it, yada yada yada. Now he had a new press conference uh and essentially the front page of uh you know, some of the sports publication is Kepka quote, didn't talk live move until after US Open.
1: Which I mean, if you do any digging, it's pretty objectively false. The day after the US Open he committed to it, those things aren't done in a two hour span of finally they meet your number and then finally it's all worked out. So clearly he was lying about that.
0: Well, this the press conference in the at the US Open you could tell like you could tell that he already had his mind decided what he was going to do. If you yeah. to read between the lines.
1: The the funny part of it is he said he is excited to have more time at home, which is objective, he's going to play less. But he said he is excited to cuz he's been dealing with injury, he's excited to play when he wants to play. And I find tremendous irony in that statement because he is required to play the certain weeks that these tournaments are on, he can't just not play in one of them. <laughs> not to mention these guys don't really know yet. And no one does the extent of what they're going to be asked to do with these contracts. It's not only going to be golf and Kepka is someone who hates doing all of the other stuff that is in relation to golf. He he's just like, wants to golf and hang out. Does he even like golfing? Like percent? No, no, from he's just good at it. He's good at it. And and he enjoys making the money he makes. But Maryland, in, in terms him. of appearances and uh, other things, they're required to attend, I guess. The, it's, it's a box that we haven't seen open. And I cannot wait to see the realization on the faces of the guys that say, oh, we're not only playing golf. The 40 million also means we have to go, you know, front for these certain people. But is, it, it is what it is. They, they have an event. It's the it, first event in the U.S. this week. Was right? it, is it in Portland, right? It's in Portland. It, weren't they trying to fight back on it a little bit? Portland, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the city. Yeah. It's not something they said they stood by. Ironically. Well, they fight back on everything. Well, I, ironically, Even they're playing all of Donald Trump's golf courses, uh, polarizing in its own right. I, I feel like that's that's another way to enter the conversation for the live, is, is to go and do that when the PGA said they wouldn't. But it, it'll Some be other, interesting. Or, uh, it not uh, bother me. We'll see about the fan support, if there is any.
0: Uh and yeah, well, because when the live first came out, the first day, the numbers were pretty big. And then the second day, the viewership dropped off like a cliff. Yeah, because I think a lot bad, like bad me too. just wanted to see what it looked like. And then, it wasn't the greatest uh, of technical skill of the broadcast crew either. It was pretty choppy. and No, it looked, like a,
1: work. looked like a high school freshman designed something for his uh, like introduction computer science course.
0: This is uh, what's funny to me is uh, the truth shall set you free. If I'm anything, I'm not a liar. I don't ever want to lie about anything. I want to be open and honest about everything I do. Uh, Brooks Kepka in February had said, quote, somebody will sell out and go for it when asked about the live. Well, Brooks Kepka in the live. And now they're saying uh, Brooks Kepka must have been watching the Big Lebowski because Kepka said yesterday, "What uh, asked what caused him to change his mind. He goes, just my opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion changed. That was it. You guys will never believe me, but we didn't have the conversation until everything was done at the U.S. Open and figured it out, and I just said I was going to go one way or the other. Here I am now in the live. So there you go, Brooks Kepka. Interesting. Interesting. It's just like my opinion, man. All right, so there you go, Brooks Kepka. All right, Ben. Major League Baseball All-Star Voting. If you are a Tampa Bay Rays fan, I feel like you'd even still be voting for Willie Adamas here. Uh, But the new updated, because if you watched last night, uh, besides Brandon Woodruff being electric on the mound, uh, everyone was cheering uh, in attendance for one Willie Adamas, a former Ray. But looking here at the updated voting for All Star, do you vote much? Do you do much of this? I used to a lot. I Same. used to
1: do it back because I would go to so many games during the summer. Whenever,
0: like right now, when I'm talking about it, I'll vote just because it's on my mind.
1: So I'll go out of my way. I only used to do it when they had the paper ballots at all the ballparks.
0: See, that's cool. Like I, you punch it out. Yeah. And...
1: I've never been a big go online and vote. I, I've never been a big fan of that. But also, when I was younger, I just liked to play with paper things naturally as a young child does. <laughs> yeah. So I loved filling out ballots when I was at games themselves.
0: Uh, looks like Wilson Contreras is going to run away with it for catchers. I mean, he is like 500,000 votes over um, second place. And the He's new-
1: having a tremendous year, by the way. Uh, the number two catcher in, in all of fantasy baseball, which means uh, the production has been really good. Really one of the only bright spots on the Cubs. 272, 12 bombs. Yeah, I mean, the
0: Cubs are tough right now, and Contreras is. Uh, for a Brewers flavor, though, they actually have two Brewers listed for catchers. Uh, major league baseball.com, MLB.com. Uh Kurt Casali Ben is listed as a Milwaukee Brewer, getting one hundred huh? yeah. This is a typo. Oh. A, I, I was gonna say, I don't think I'm that stupid. No, I, I saw two of them like, when did when did he get off the Giants and onto the Brewers? No, but they had a typo on there. Uh but it'll be Omar Narvaez. Out of the ten catchers, Narvaez is tenth. A uh, first baseman, you still got Rowdy Telez chilling at sixth. Uh, number one, there is Paul Goldschmidt who's just crushing it. But Pete Alonso is second. Who's Paul Goldschmidt six hundred thousand votes above Pete Alonso. Yeah,
1: the first base position in the NL is loaded. You can throw Freddie Freeman in there too. And he's third. So what's I mean, what's tough is Teles has shown a peak that could rival some of those guys. Like when he has been hot, he's been really hot. Yeah, but I mean, Paul Goldschmidt.
0: Probably will win MVP. Well, look at Rowdy over the weekend against the, uh, uh, the the Blue Jays. He was the first Brewer since Robin Young in 1982 to have two home runs and four RBIs in the first two innings.
1: And guess what? The only reason he had those two home runs is because earlier in the inning, Jace Peterson bunted.
0: Look at that. The beauty of the bunt then. <laughs> uh, second base. That bunt scored ten runs for the Brewers. <laughs> second Inspired him. Second God. base. I, I would also make the argument that Chi-Chi Gonzalez inspired the Brewers <laughs> offense by giving up three runs in the top of the first. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So Burns is so good at preventing runs that the offense just doesn't feel the need to score. Well, they're in
0: awe. They're like, wow, look at what... They want to strike out as fast as they can so they can see Burns back out there so they can watch greatness. But then when they have turnstile
1: starters that
0: can't keep the teams from not scoring... Then they're inspired to pull their pull up their bootstraps by their bootstraps, Ben, and go out there and do some work. I like that take. Chichi Gonzalez inspired the Brewers' offense. Jason Alexander did not, though, because he's a high-leverage killer. See, I have an excuse for that. Craig Council, wanted to, <laughs> Craig Council wanted to get Josh Hader's 23rd save. That's why he put Chichi, or, uh, uh, Jason Alexander out in relief in the eighth inning last night, who gave up two runs. Colton Wong, second base, ninth for All-Star voting. Should be lower. Uh, he... There are 15 teams in the NL. <laughs> third base, Manny Machado is Machado out with injuries still? I yeah, it's right. not major. No IL yeah, trip, the ankle. ankle. Uh, Manny Machado is still first place by six hundred thousand over Nolan Arenado. Uh, then all the way, do- I take that back. Yeah, all the way down at tenth. No, Luis Arias is having a great, se- a pretty good season. He's tenth for third baseman. So Grant Bills and I talked about this. What's tough about the
1: Brewers infield, and none of them are deserving of an All Star game. No, don't get me wrong. But what's tough about that is a bunch of guys have played so many different positions. So Grant and I were talking about where the Brewers rank position by position in war. Like w- which positions have been the best for them this season. And what's tough is a lot of Luis Arias's good production has been when he's at third base. Then when he's played second, yeah. he's struggled. It's, the mixing and matching is weird for things like this.
0: Yeah, so uh, he's 10th. And then you go to shortstop. Uh, the guy, what, he's tied for leading with home runs now for shortstop, Willie Adamas. Uh, he is eighth. I so, mean, Trey Turner for the Dodgers, number one. Dansby Swanson, two. Roland Dor's is third. I mean, that's a Tatis Junior's fifth. That's a tough list, you know. And
1: Adamus has been okay this year, but
0: think, not great by any means. I think nationally, news? though, I don't think Willie Adamus is a is a known commodity like he is obviously for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, like, I think Christian Yelich is the, like the guy for the Brewers national nationwide.
1: I think Adamus will reach that point when he strings together a couple great seasons. Like last year was awesome. He was probably the driving force more than anything behind the offensive success. Yeah. But to come back and yeah, he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark. But to hit two seventeen with an on base of two ninety almost, like he is the he is the worst on base percentage on the team of the starters. Yeah. So to to come back with numbers like that, you're not really gonna enter that conversation of Best shortstops in the NL until the years are strung together.
0: Then you go look at DH. Uh, This is a guy who had a home run last night. Got it going in the sixth inning for the Milwaukee Brewers. Cutch, Andrew McCutcheon, 10th. I I hate to bring this up for you, Ben, but leading the way number one for DH, Bryce Harper, who is now hurt. Yeah, it's a shame. He, well, he
1: tore his UCL, so he couldn't throw. Mm. So he's been playing through that all year, having the best offensive season of his career, like better than last year when he won MVP. Yeah. I mean, had he been playing the field all year, he would be in the MVP race again. It just sucks because, I mean, some guys out there are, are injury prone. We know a lot of players that fall under that category, but to be this generational great player and have a season cut short by being hit on the hand by a pitch. That's, it's just it's, it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's not like he's an injury prone guy and he pulls hamstrings. It's like, no, he got ninety-seven up and in on his palm, you know. So
0: And look at the brutal. friggin' voting man. He is a hundred or uh, one million seven hundred almost one hundred what I keep saying one hundred. Almost one million seven hundred forty one thousand votes. And then William Contreras is second with not even a million. So Bryce Harper was just running away with it. And then there's this. You go look at the outfield. The most votes so far received for a Milwaukee Brewer belongs to Christian Yelich in the all-star voting. As it should. He is, out of the 20, he is 18th. Out of the 20 outfielders? Mookie Betts leads the way, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jack Peterson, Starling Marte, Juan Soto, and then you get all the way down to 18th is Christian Yelich. I mean, Renfro is impressed, but he's been hurt. Yeah. Uh, he's only IL twice
1: now. Yeah, he's only played fifty four games, and still the numbers don't jump off the page. Uh, if Yelich had been hitting lead off and had the production that he's had since he moved to that spot nearly a month ago, I think he would be a lot higher on that list.
0: I would be cracking. But
1: up. think about the national perception of him. It's a guy that is no longer what he used to be. Yep, I guarantee you, baseball fans in New York City aren't really monitoring the fact that Yelich is on base.
0: And leadoff is above 400. (laughs) They're not. They're not at all. Uh, Your buddy uh, Kyle Schwarber, though, for the Phillies, 13th, Ben. So there you go for a little Phillies flavor uh, on that list. He's a stud. A lot of Cardinals uh, cracking the top 20. And here's the thing. The Brewers are a half game above the Cardinals in the NL Central.